Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. It's time. It's time to have real, honest, open, difficult, and inspiring conversations. It's time for Love and Life on WURD, Progressive Black Talk Media. So, family, I do want to share our next guest. She's a love bug. She's one of our family members, but she has not been with us in a minute, and I'm so excited that she's back. <laughs> she is Dr. Kavana Nixon, and she is a licensed marriage and family therapist who serves the Philadelphia and Delaware area. Um, she serves in several roles, actually, that include her being an AAMFT approved clinical supervisor at Drexel University, clinical coordinator at the Black Brain Campaign LEAP program, and an adjunct professor. Family, I invite you to the conversation with none other than Dr. Kevana Nixon. Hello there, beautiful. I missed you too. It's been so long. It has. It's been too long. Yes. It has. It has. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited. I mean, you know, listen, I'm always excited when you visit, but it's just, just something extra because you're returning. So thank you. Yeah, of course. Listen, I'm like, James, I'm like, yes, it's so good to see you. Glad to be back. I love your show. <laughs> thank you. How have you been? How about that? How I've been? been good. I've really been good. I cannot complain. Um, I've really been blessed. I'm loving that this weather has warmed up. Like we got a little bit of sun today. That really I helped see. me out because <laughs> oh, weather was a struggle. <laughs> Weather is a struggle for me. I don't do well these days with the, um, now let me say, let me, let me, I'm sorry. I should not put that because words are powerful. Yeah. I um, am less, I'm just a little less happy when there's snow and ice mm -hmm. out there. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I'm just a little, just a little. Mm -hmm. <laughs> My light dims just a little, just a little, but yeah. I will take every day. God, I want you to hear that. Yeah. I will take every day. So I'm happy for every day. I do well every yeah. day. I'm just a little, just a little less. Okay. We have some snow and ice. So I just wanted to make that clear. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. I love it. So Dr. Nixon, Dr. Nixon mm -hmm. is here to talk with us today, family. Huh. Okay. Mm. Uh, yeah. I know I love it. Listen, we're going to talk about the dynamic of not putting your spouse or significant other first in your relationship. Mm. Y'all, mm. I don't know. Are we ready for this conversation? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to see. Well, we're going to find out. Right? We are going to find out. We are going to find out. So I'm curious to know: is that is that common? Do you do you, uh, you Ab really? Absolutely, absolutely. A lot of times when a couple is coming in. First, everybody's like, or the couple is like, it's there, they're the mess up, they're the problem. So fix them, we can get back on track. And usually it is because their time is diverted, right? Their attention is diverted. There's something where whatever was happening before. So it might be lead to a breakdown of communication, what I'll talk about later about what happens. Breakdown of communication, breakdown in intimacy, and not just sex, I'm talking about like a connection, really feeling connected mm -hmm. to your person. Um, yeah. And so I, I do. I see it a lot. Yeah. So what is it? 
is it due, like, is it typically due to problems rooted in the relationship or just a lack of interest in the partner because of other things going on? If that makes sense. Yeah. I, I, I would almost like the all the above, right? It just depends on circumstances. And I was telling a friend when somebody comes in, it could be, we were talking about, let's say somebody's been married for a little bit and then they have a new child. That new child changes the whole dynamic. Maybe my attention was just on my spouse, but now the child is needing more of my attention, right? And okay. usually what I see is the man in the relationship is in the traditional, you know, again, man and woman relationship is that they're having a really hard time of sitting with, well, where, where am I in this, right? Where do I get attention, right? You know, as we discuss that particular, or as you, you bring up that particular scenario, do men suffer any form of postpartum? I, you know what? Even though it's not been classified that, and I love that, Carol, because that is that is their own postpartum, is that I've been the person, and there's a level of detachment they have because, again, they didn't carry the child. There's still the child, mm-hmm. but there are certain things they can't do. And now the person who I'm with, I don't have them in this way. Their attention is really connected to the child that it needs me 24 7. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. So, that I think that I definitely, I love it. You know, I never thought of that until you, you know, as we are talking about this subject matter. And then you just said that, you know, in some instances when the female has a child and I'm thinking, well, yeah, because I know I love hard. I know mm-hmm. I do. And I mm-hmm. could only imagine um, if I were to be in that, you know, in imagining mm-hmm. myself in that scenario. No family yeah. that has not been my life. It has not been my life. But yeah. just imagining myself in that scenario, because I know I love hard. Yeah. You know, trying to divide myself. And if, if I'm suffering with postpartum depression or, or of any, any kind, that mm-hmm. has to be a huge challenge. Right. All parties exactly. involved. All parties involved. Yeah. Then we have factors like think if you have an ailing parent. And you now have to take care of that parent. Oh, right. Oh. Right. Mm-hmm. Your time and attention is focused on the parent, depending on what, you know, is going on, the illness or, you know, sickness. But yeah, that can be a factor. And then the intentional one is where they're purposely not taking the time and they'll use their friends, their job or something as an excuse. Well, there's only so much of that you can do. Like, I mean, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? You live here. But, like there's only <laughs> but people will find a way. And I, I usually see it as there's a level of distance. There's something that's been created and so they feel safer in whatever that is, right? Mm-hmm. That thing, that friend, the job, the hobby is making them feel good. It's filling up a space where they feel there's a lack in the relationship. You, well, so okay, so if we say mm-hmm. that uh someone significant other uses maybe their job as mm-hmm. you know this 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 thing uh, their attention to take their attention are, are some people just driven or or like how do we how do we navigate that yeah and so i love that question because they could be they could be driven but i would ask the couples in front of me like has this always been the case right because maybe at mm-hmm. first the relationship was fine right we're together, mm-hmm. you're driven, we're making money, we're great. And then kids come along and it's like, oh, wait, I don't, I don't want you to be driven in that way. That doesn't work for now what we have to do, right? And right. I think people, it's just learning about how to navigate around that. Not you have to change, you have to adjust, right? Sure, sure. You have to adjust that relationship. So I think that's a piece that people have to pay attention to, right? Because you're right. How much work do you have in the world? You come home at some point. 
listen, right. you, you know, I am here. I do exist. Right. <laughs> um, right. Right. Eric right. is joining the conversation. Eric shares. Hello, Dr. Nixon. Welcome. Welcome. Um, he asks in your professional journey, what do you find is the most popular reason people make the decision to seek out a life partner that leads to marriage? Is it love, financial stability, or maybe just emotional security? That I, I want to know the answer to that question. Wait, I'll leave Ooh. it up for a minute. So, <laughs> oh, I love that question, Eric. That's a great question. And it's true. What I've come, yeah, what I've come across usually is it is usually fueled by love, right? Like that connection. Like at the end of the day, and I tell my clients this, and I tell my students who I'm teaching is that at the end of the day, we all just want to be accepted and loved. That's it. Mm-hmm. That is mm-hmm. it. And so even if it's in a form of financial stability, which I don't usually come across that, um, but it is emotional security. It is that, hey, somebody's chosen me, somebody loves me, and I can share my life with them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what? As we're talking about this, I'm curious to know with this particular subject matter um, about the spouse putting something or someone else, you know, ahead Mm -hmm. of their significant other. um, Is there, is it usually, does that usually happen within a certain age bracket? You know, I would, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I would say it's not usually the younger couple. Usually, again, they've been actually been married for a while. That's what I usually see. They've been married for a while. It's not new. Usually, again, yeah, what? They just get bored over? Yeah, because you know what is the, and I tell people this all the time when you're talking about adjusting, and that's why I said it's always about variables in life, right? I had this Mm -hmm. one couple where, the wife, the husband and wife were caring for her ailing father. He had dementia, right? And mm-hmm. so, and they've been married for like 20 something years. Um, and then the father started to decline and the father was such a vital, important person in both of their lives, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and when they did start, when um, the wife did start taking mainly care of her father, she became depressed and all of her attention and time was going to her father. And then they came to me because the father had passed and they were really working through a transition about what that looked like. Right. Mm-hmm. And then there was some infidelity that was involved, but it was, he felt very distant and disconnected based off of the transition in their life. Right. So right. I feel younger couples haven't had that much transition or adjusting to doing their relationship yet. So again, I'd say older mid is that you're looking like, Oh, Hey, this is adjustment. Kids, kids are leaving home. Mm-hmm. Right. Or kids are moving back in. Right. Or again, we're taking care of extended family or there's been a change in our job. Let's say somebody retires, right? And you were never home or we didn't have this time and now we're home all the time. What, do I know you? We've been together for 10 years. Right. Do I know you 10 years ago when I've been doing all this stuff and now you're in front of me and I don't know this person, right? That right there is real. I mean, from what I understand, a lot of people had that uh, experience during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the pandemic! My phone was ringing off the hook. I literally. Yeah. Do you know how many people were posting? They wanted to do. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was, re- it was really a learning experience for me. Just, just yeah. um, watching what I was reading and watching what I was seeing, um, as as people were trying, couples were trying to navigate. They oh, really? a lot of couples didn't know whether they were going to make it, whether they were going to stay yeah. together, or even how they were going to part because mm-hmm. there really wasn't anywhere to go. 
And that's the key, Carol, is there is that when we're talking about, you know, spending more time about in, with a job or with work or with friends, is that it's a level of what I call avoidance, right? Mm-hmm, in the mm-hmm. pandemic, I can't avoid anymore because I can't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. I had a couple call me. They've been married 28 years. They called me and they're like, yeah, we want to do couples because, you know, in the pandemic, we haven't slept in the same room in the past 15 years. And we don't know if we want to be together. The pandemic took them to realize they had been already doing the level of avoidance for whatever the issue was. Right. right. I mean, and I'm not even in the same room. It doesn't sound like you are together. If you were, have been sleeping in separate rooms for 15 years out of a 20 plus year marriage, you are not together. You're roommates. Mm-hmm. That's what now. That's me. That's me talking. Sometimes I get outside of myself, but that's me sharing my own personal opinion. Let me be clear on that, <laughs> because it just came right out. Like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> oh, Caroline, pipe down, slugger, it. pipe down, slugger. <laughs> right? Oh, and I love it. Yeah. But, yeah. So, okay. So. Here we are. We'll take that scenario. I'll say that, that there's a couple who's been married or together in excess of 20 plus years. They've been living under the same roof, but have been pretty much living separately because if you're sleeping in a different bed room, mm-hmm. then that sounds to me like you're living separately. <laughs> you're avoiding one mm-hmm. another. So in this instance, if the couple wants to reunite or rekindle, mm-hmm. how do they do that? How, how does, yeah. or is that even yeah. possible? It is possible. I, and I think I said this before, Carol, if you are committed to the process of healing and okay. being reconnected to that person, you can do it. Now, it's not going to be easy. That's something you got to roll up your sleeves. You got to pull up your bootstraps. You got to do all the stuff. And I tell people healing um, is not easy, but it's good when you come to the uh, point of it, right? We heal mm-hmm. from the inside out. There's layers you have to go through to heal. Um, but yeah, if you're committed to the process, you can, you know, and it's for me, it's really finding out like, so when did this happen? When do you guys remember being connected? What was that like? What was the shift? And me understanding those variables about when did it change? Right? Like you mm-hmm. said, if you were together 28 years and you haven't been sleeping together for in the same room for 15 years, I'm going to ask what happened 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, All well, right. that's, you know, that's when we, you know, maybe had you know, our second child, and then it was more hectic. And then we also had a loss of a parent. And, you know, these factors all influence this piece of avoidance, if it's avoidance, you know. So, and I, and I, I know I'm going down the rabbit hole here, but if, if you, if you, you're in a relationship in that case, if you're sleeping in separate bedrooms, so it, it has the physical relationship just just disappeared at that point or do you what do you, you make appointments to see each other or right, right. Sometimes, again, sometimes yeah sometimes people become so disconnected that they haven't had sex in that amount of time or they do schedule an intimacy and then go to the separate room i oh, oh mm, look at me look at me get it together carol i can't imagine i want him right next to me i don't, yeah. I don't want him in another yeah. room yeah Listen, that's like being in another place another house <laughs> yeah, you'd be, you'd be surprised. I mean, you know, I'm always like, hey, what works for you as a couple, right? Because I'm like mm-hmm. you, from my personal opinion, is like, I would like my person there, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but some people are like, no, I don't have to sleep in the same room. But I always look at, is that what you want? Is that fulfilling the relationship and the connection? Or is it, again, creating distance? Right. Are you putting well, it in I know time? Mm-hmm. 
it's a matter of preference. I do get that. I do. So family, I know for those of you who are listening to me saying, girl, please listen, I know that it is a matter of preference. I do have that understanding. I'm just sharing my own personal preference. That's all. I'm just sharing my, I cannot imagine. I don't want to. For those of you who have just joined us, welcome. You are tuned in to Love and Life with Carol Riddick right here on WURD. We are talking with Dr. Kavana Nixon. Family, we're taking a short commercial break, but know that the phone lines are still open and feel free to continue to comment on our socials, but stay with us, whatever you do, because we are coming right back. <laughs> You're listening to Love and Life with Carol Riddick on WURD, Progressive Black Talk Media. Well, hello there, family. Welcome back. You are tuned in to Love and Life with Carol Riddick right here on WURD. We are talking with Dr. Kivana Nixon. Yes, we are our beloved. <laughs> and she is talking with us. Okay, we're talking about relationships. That's what we're talking about. We are talking about when you get to that point and you're in that relationship and you, you sometimes don't want to look at that. So you start making up... You start making up things that you need to do and places you need to be that don't exist. So we're talking about all of that. We're talking about how you work through it and if you work through it and what some of the reasons are for doing so. So that, first of all, that sounds to me like, um, and again, let me share family because I'm I'm applying this to myself. Let me, let me just be clear. I can't imagine. I would have to, mm-mm, there will, there's not going to be any uh, lying and, and no, I do not have to do something. We need to talk. Yeah. We need to talk. We need yeah. to talk. Because I'm yeah. a love bug and I don't function well, you know, mm-hmm. if, if I have a significant other and he and I are not on one accord, like I'm kind right. of, mm-hmm. I don't function well in that, that we can, we need to talk because we, we need to right. talk about this. <laughs> so how right. do you do that? That has to yeah. be that has to be stro- so stressful on the spirit, like for both parties involved. Absolutely, absolutely. And so I'll say this, Carol. So we will always, or somebody will always highlight that one person is being distant or focusing too much time on something. But I'm always curious for the other person. So what are you doing during this time? How is this mm-hmm. impacting you? Like you said, how have you been able to stay in this state for five, six, where you are? They are giving the time and energy to something that's outside of your relationship where you don't feel connected, right? Because you, the person almost becomes complicit in this distance, this, this avoidance. Exactly. Right? And we right. just blame the person like, oh, they are. I'm like, well, wait a minute. So what, what happens for you? You don't say anything, right? How does it impact I, the relationship? How does it impact your love life? How you like, like, how is this really impacting how you interact with each other? Well, your everyday, like just everything, because it, it extends outside of the home, quite honestly, because everybody outside of your home is used to used to you as a couple. So how does that work? How does that work? Um, Thomas is joining the conversation. Hi there, Thomas. Our beloved Thomas okay. Hill shares. Yes. When it comes to older couples, especially married couples. It comes down to communication between the both of them. It's more understanding to try to work through tough times. Yeah, I can. Yeah, and especially because when you've got time, that's it. You've got time. 
like, I mean, it would really have to be something that just either you just really want to be out of the relationship or <laughs> because. Yeah. 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 I love what Thomas said. You're right. It does take work, right? It's, again, I'm like, are you committed to the process? How much of the work yeah. you're willing to do, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's something, and there's going to be something that sparks. There's going to be something that lights a fire where they're like, wait, somebody's going to wake up and somebody's not going to be happy. That's what I do see is usually not both partners, but one person is coming in and calling like, Hey, we need to see, you know, you as a cup for couples therapy. You know, we've been distant. We've been, you know, I've really feel disconnected. They're having so much time in this one thing. And so usually there's an event. There's something that sparks. Oh, we got to do something different. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, you were sharing that you find that, you know, one one person in the couple is, is, is unhappy. Well, I, I have such a challenge processing that because like I said, with me, we are one. Okay. We, we are one. So if you're not happy, I'm not happy. And that's immediate for me. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. usually, I'm that person that I'm pretty much in tune. If mm-hmm. I have a significant other, I'm pretty much in tune with him. I'm I'm that I'm that woman, you know. Yeah. Like oh, this is something, this is something it'll feel off to me. It'll feel different, and that affects mm-hmm. me. Yeah, that affects me. So I I I uh, it, you know, it's always interesting to for me to hear uh, when couples are navigating this type of scenario or situation because it, it when they get to you, I can only imagine that oh. so much time has gone by and so oh, many yeah. things have unraveled. Oh, it's on fire. Yeah. Couples always come to me when literally I always tell them I was like, you know, I liken it to them being a house and the foundation. And I was like, Y'all house is burning down and then y'all want me to fix it when it's been on fire for three, five years, ten years. So <laughs> give me a little time. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a little can you? Oh my goodness! What are you? Can you? You're picking up bricks and stones. You're rebuilding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Listen, listen. See, Malcolm shared. He agrees with me. If he's with someone, he can't imagine <laughs> separate beds. See, I, I'm yeah. saying, what? Where are yeah. you going? Where are you yeah. going? <laughs> like, no, no. Wait, Eric is clowning me. Eric. <laughs> we are one okay we are we are one one yes yes that's my song (laughs) (laughs) we sure are where are you going yeah Mm, no let's let's talk about it right right and that carol that's a big question for me like how did you get to this point where this became okay if this is not how you started, right? Yeah. How did you both become comfortable with it, right? And what I think people don't realize is that, again, both become come to a place of complacency, right? Because, there, again, there's some factors, there's some life event, there's something that has gotten, that has impacted them to get to this point where, again, everybody really, the cup is being avoided in some way. Maybe somebody's right. putting it towards their job or family or something, a friend so- or a, a hobby, and then that one person who's kind of on the sidelines, maybe he's not getting it, is also part of that process. Just the kids have way. to be affected too. Oh, yeah. And they can see it. They can see it, right? We have uh, a lot of times I'm working, if I'm working with parents or I'm working with couples, you know, they're like, I don't want this to impact my kids. And we've done a good job of hiding this. So I'm just like, you know your kids know you probably better than you know yourself. Kids are intelligent. They just always mm-hmm. have a language to know what's happening. But they can see, they're like, because they're like, yeah, my parents have slept in separate rooms, you know, 
But I imagine they can feel it too. Yes. Because your interaction is different. I mean, Mm -hmm. first of all, you know, you know how powerful energy is. Yes. And kids are very in tune. Kids Mm -hmm. are so in tune and they pay attention to their parents. Yeah. So I I can't imagine. I mean, unless they're just teenagers, because I imagine teenagers aren't really (laughs) as in tune. When they're youngsters, I imagine, you know, that they, they, they will notice a glance, a look, or you, know, and they don't mind asking. I know that right. too. They don't mind asking. Yeah. Eric is clowning me. He said, "I'm cracking up." Carl said, "Where are you going?" That's right, Eric. Where is he going? Where is he going? Yeah, yeah. Not my cuddle bug. Come right back. Come right here. Come here. And Thomas, Thomas shares. You have to stimulate each other. Mentally and emotionally, then physically agreed. I do agree with that. Mm-hmm. Then he adds, mm-hmm. plus there should be spiritual growth as well. Mm-hmm. Strongly. I agree with all of that. Yeah. I yeah. Saw the, and so that's okay. So that's the point I'm making when if my significant other, uh, if his spirit is off in any way, mm-hmm. that affects mm-hmm. me because, yeah. uh, you know, I want to be in tune. That's. Mm-hmm. That's where we should be. Uh, I I imagine that is what that is to where we aspire to be. Right, right. In tune, you know. So, how is it? How how is it that because there is an agreement, an unspoken agreement? Quite honestly, if you are mm-hmm. sleeping under the same roof and you, you know, or even if you 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 you're now saying to this your significant other, yeah, I got I got to go over here. I have to do this or what have you. You're not paying mm-hmm. any attention. How, what is the expectation? That's the question I have. What is the expectation mm. at that point? Because it can't just be yeah. that. Right, right, right. And again, that's the question I always have, ask is like, how do we get here? And what was the expectation? At some point, were you supposed to come back? And then this was only temporary because again, there was some factor, like maybe you had a partner that was ill. Mm-hmm. and sleeping in the same bed, you know, because of the illness was hard. And you say, you know, say maybe there's a work change, you know, maybe i get up earlier in the morning and it disturbs me, right? But was what was the expectation of how we were going to manage this? And I will say this because a, a lot of, uh, maybe the listeners are thinking, it's like, how does we not talk about this? I'm with you, Carol. Maybe because again, my bias is I'm a therapist, but I'll, we want to talk about it. Like we go, right, I can't walk around, but some people what I've learned is like, based off of how they grew up is that they may not know how to navigate that. I don't mm-hmm. know to have the conversation when somebody is distant or separate from me. They might see it as a form of rejection. And they may shut right. down, right? So what I've learned is that people just don't know always what to do with it in a relationship when they really, you know, care with care for somebody and they've been together for a long time. Family, listen, I have gotten so carried away with this conversation. For those know, of you good. who have just joined us, how about welcome? Welcome. <laughs> I have not forgotten about you. No, I have not. I've just, you know, been sidetracked talking about this. Um, but welcome to Love and Life with Carol Riddick right here on WURD. We are talking with Dr. Kavana Nixon, and we are talking about the dynamic uh, when a spouse does not put their significant other first in their marriage or an individual does not put their significant other first in their relationship. And, uh, and I know like uh, Dr. Nixon was sharing, there are several scenarios in which this could happen, but I'm, my curiosity leads me to where do you expect this to go? And, mm-hmm. and, and is the expectation 
that it will be resolved or, mm-hmm. you know, do some people just give up? Do you just say, I don't care? Yeah. yeah. Well, if he leaves, he leaves. Like, yeah. Have yeah. you had that conversation with couples as well? I, you know, when, when couples come in, there's usually one person that is kind of like, kind of slowly warming up to the idea that it might be possible that they can work through it, right? Because because mm-hmm. remember, they're coming in and it's on fire, right? Like the mm-hmm. brick, everything is gone. And so they're, because it's been such a long period of time that they've gone with, through this distance and maybe they try something on their own, they feel really like depleted mm-hmm. and really just fully, you know, discouraged at that point, you know? Um, so yeah, and so a lot of times, again, I'm assessing what's your level of commitment? right mm-hmm. meaning yes hey you come in here you want this right and i really had to add your strength like you showed up you didn't have to show right. up right? right maybe you're still right. questioning about what you want to do maybe you in a little bit you've given up a little bit but you came and you showed up so when people show up to me they want to do it right okay okay yeah. well do they Even, do they I, yeah no i i'll tell you a key factor that i always pay attention to about couples who are committed they're going to, mm-hmm. even if they don't want to necessarily be there, they're not sold on the idea of therapy at first. They'll consistently mm-hmm. come consistently. Even if it's on a Saturday at 9 a.m., they will come. The people who aren't committed will show up late, cancel at the last minute or just, you know, not be involved. Mm-hmm. And then, you you know, but yeah, it, the tall tale signs are always back. How are they showing up? So with the scenario that you shared with us with a couple that was married for 28 years, but had been sleeping in separate bedrooms for at least 15, um, where do you begin to repair that relationship? Oh, I love this question because repairing is my favorite word and repairing is the work that needs to be done. And I always add, I always assess like, how do we get here? Right. Mm-hmm. And create understanding. Right. Because unless you have the understanding and then the will and the want to move forward, it's going to be hard to repair because I can't repair what I don't understand why it's broken. Right. Right, I don't understand where the damage happened. If I don't understand where the injury happens. And a lot of times we assume, oh, they should know. Or this happened. And it's like, no, I could be rude. Nobody's a mind reader. Mm, mm. You really have to create again. Like I I think Thomas said, great communication around your needs. And again, that takes again, Talking to somebody, understanding how you communicate, because we don't always communicate the best. You know? How about that? But you, so that's the one thing about therapy. When you when you see a therapist, you have to be prepared to be completely open, yeah. like uninhibited. You have to be prepared to share mm-hmm. everything. So when you talk about couples who come or individuals who come within a couple and they're not prepared to repair the relationship. Mm-hmm. Again, what is the expectation when they get to you? What? Uh, that, okay, I have so much about that. Family, I'm looking at the time, and you know, it's time for us to take a, another commercial break. <laughs> I do want to share Frey. Hi, my beloved, my love bug. I did see your comment, and I thank you so much because you know I love you to pieces. Raphael Suleiman is joining us and sends good evening to everybody. Hi there, Raphael. Miss um, yeah. Joanne shares that she loves Amanda Gorman as well and bought a book for her granddaughter last Christmas. I know. I just love her, love her, love her. And uh, when we come back, we're going to go back to our social, see what you're saying. And family, know that the phone lines are still open. You know, you are always welcome to join the conversation. I tell you that no matter what we're talking about, you 
are always invited to the conversation. So feel free to give us a call or to continue to comment on our socials. I promise I will do my best to read it aloud if you do (laughs) on the air. Whatever you do, though, stay with us because we are coming right back. You're listening to Love and Life on WURD, Progressive Black Talk Media. I think I know. Well, hello there, family. Welcome back. You are tuned in to Love and Life with Carol Riddick right here on WURD. We are talking with Dr. Kivana Nixon in this hour. Our beloved, she came back. (laughs) Always come back. I love the show. I love that you love it. We love you. So we love that you love the show. So family, you you here, if you if you were not here prior to the commercial break, we're talking about relationships. And we're talking about what happens when one of the individuals in the relationship, well, they kind of don't put you first. We're talking about that. That's what we're talking about. So I shared that we would go to our socials when we return. And we will do just that. Thomas shares that there should be growing together to having a relationship with God, trying to find their purpose. Now, see, that's okay. So now that's a big mm-hmm. thing for me because it should start there. It should yeah. start long before we even get to 28 years in. So mm-hmm. I, I, I'm curious to know, like, and, and, and in that case, is that where we start to repair? Is that where you start? Um, with that couple to repair. Thomas follows up by saying uh, or sharing, even though they should know their purpose, but if they don't, one or the other should be able to help make or be considered to help each other make good decisions. How about mm-hmm. that? How about that? Yeah. How about that? Yeah. I, yeah. So I'm curious to know because now again, family, as you know, I'm sharing my own personal belief here, but because I believe the relationship should be rooted in faith. Uh, like that's first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's first. So yeah. when you're straying, when he's straying away from me, <clears throat> that's where I'm going first. I'm mm-hmm. going to ask, I'm going to say, talk to me, talk to me. Yeah. Tell me what's yeah. going on. Tell me what's happening. I'm, I'm going mm-hmm. to ask and I'm going to start right there. Because mm-hmm. if we're no longer there, then I, our bond is broken. And, and then there's a different conversation that mm-hmm. needs to happen and different conversation that needs to take place. Um, Eric shares that he agrees with you, Dr. Nixon. Genuine communication is key. Mm-hmm. Body language is pretty obvious, but I am not a mind reader. Say what you got to say. <laughs> oh, did you like the way I said that, Eric? Did, you, did, did I put it in there? Okay, I tried to read it as you wrote it. Okay, and he put it in caps. Mind reading. Okay, I, I tried to. I tried to do you right, Eric. I did. <laughs> but listen, same here. I feel the same way because then we're both more hurt than we could potentially have been. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And so I'll speak on two pieces, Carol, because I agree with you. I'm a person of faith. I believe in God, and I would hope, or I would think, that in a relationship. You do put God first. You're putting your pouring into that part of the spirituality part of the relationship. But in again, me being a believer, I know I falter, right? There's mm-hmm. times where I'm disconnected from God, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, knowing I have that foundation, that base, I know that that base, I know I can always get back, right? God always creates a space for me to get back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I approach it the same way with the couples, right? God gives us grace, <laughs> He gives us mercy, right? And you can also yeah. offer that to your to your person, right? 
because you already have that foundation, you know? And so that, that's a, I said, I really rely on people's strengths, right? That's why I go back to the beginning. Like, how did you meet? What drew mm-hmm. you to each other? There were things that they still have that they're just kind of dormant. They're underneath somewhere, but they're there and things have right. gotten in the way. So let's go back there. Cause I want to remind you of that. Right. Why did you choose this person? You know, I'm thinking after I've asked you the question, of course, because I was asking you like in that particular scenario or even with other couples, do you start with faith? But that might be challenging for you because it depends on, you know, the couple's beliefs or yes. their practices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is, yeah, that's a tough one. I would say I always am upfront with my clients, you know, in regards to kind of my belief. Again, I don't project it on them. I don't push mm-hmm. it on them. But I also find out well, what is your foundation? What is your key in regards mm-hmm. to how you live your life and how you're led in your life? And so I rely on that. Like, what do you, you have some wonderful strengths that you've forgotten about, right? There's mm-hmm. a reason you chose this person. There's a reason you've chosen to be with them for 10 years, right? There's pieces of them that you really appreciate and you have just, you know, it's clouded something in the way of you being able to see this person in the same way. So how do you, how do we broach that? That Well, now I know how I'm broaching it. Mean, he is pulling away from me. <laughs> Carol said, you not tonight. Where, where are you going? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm not sure what's happening, but I need to be made aware. So what, where are you going? What is right. happening? Right. So right. now I know, like I said, how I'm broaching the subject. But yeah. how, yeah. You, you, you were sharing earlier, like, you know, what if there's a, a one individual in the relationship that is not as communicative? Like, yeah. How does how does that work? How does that work? Yeah, yeah like I said, mm. I, you know, there's going to be something, and I, I promise this, there's always going to be something that's going to light the fire. And so that person mm. maybe who isn't talking too much, the person who's impacted by it is going to come to that person and say something, right? Now, whether they say it effectively, right? Whether they approach it the right way, we don't know. But it's going to, again, mm-hmm. Wait, I'm laughing because I was that person. I dated a guy mm-hmm. and he said, well, I don't talk. I don't communicate. Well, guess what? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that's yeah. Listen, Carol, let me call my little son. See, family, I have missed y'all. Okay. You know I have. I have missed you. I do want to share. Uh, Eric says yes, that I did relay his message exactly as he intended it. Well done. Thank you so much. Um, our beloved Ms. Rosalind, she's sending love. Hi. Oh, yeah. Hi there. She said she is giving everyone their flowers while we can all still mm-hmm. smell them. And we thank you so much, so much, so much. Um, Ms. Rosalind, I have missed you. Yes, I have. I've missed you all. I really have. You can tell. I hope you can tell. I hope you can feel it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And thank you for my flowers and happy Black History Month to you as well. Thomas shares that a lot of times it's always not an equal love. I thought of that too. The love mm-hmm. has to be unconditional between the both of them. And and Henry shares that love is a function. It's not a feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Henry's right. It's, I always tell people it's not a feeling. It's a verb. It's an action. I'm Mm. choosing, right. We talk about spending time with my person, right. I'm prioritizing them, right. I was talking to a friend about this. And he was like, it's about time management, about priorities, right. Mm -hmm, Like mm -hmm. how you, how are you prioritizing them in your life? Right. In the way that you need, opposed to how I think you need, right? Now, I'm going to tell you this. I I tell y'all all all the time about my grandmother, about my mother, how they all, they had all kinds of sayings. My grandmother, yes, she did. And my grandmother would say, 
as it pertains to a man in a relationship, if he's, you know, like, like she would always say, if someone tells you they're busy, this was her big thing, busy. And, and of course I live by this. Well, you know, you make time for that, which you deem important. Mm-hmm. When I tell you that rolls off my tongue so quickly. So, you know, whenever someone says, well, oh, I'm busy or I was busy. Mm-hmm. So next I say, I say that. And then I say, well, I'm going to help you with that. <laughs> I will remove myself from the equation so you no longer have to be busy as it pertains to me. Yeah. But when you're talking about being in a relationship with someone, you are absolutely right. Henry, I'm in agreement with you. I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement. I am in such agreement with you. And I do believe it's, it's constant. It, it doesn't just, you know, ebb and flow. it doesn't come and go. Like you love someone like, yeah, we all have good days. We have bad days, but. Um, that's what love is about. You know, we ride that wave with one another, but we communicate. Communication is key, right? Yeah. I would, I, yes. would, I would think it would have to be. Um, Sherry, hey, cuz. She shares, hey, cuz, and we're family. 15 years is a long time, not sleeping in the same room. So why do people stay and not say that it's over when it's over? Oh, Miss uh, Rosalind shares, I have to listen to the love and life. Uh, I know it was phenomenal. Oh, she shared she missed some things. She's going to re- listen to the replay. But sh- Sherry wants to know, Sherry wants to know, why don't they leave? If it's over, it's over. Yeah, I love that, Sherry. Oh, that's a great question because you think, well, a teen years. But, you know, I'm, you'd be surprised about how people become comfortable and complacent, right? Like, I'd rather have somebody than nobody, right? Or oh. leaving would be too hard. I have to start over. So you'd be surprised about the reasons people tell themselves for staying complacent for staying complacent and just going with it because there's fear that on the other side of it, they even won't have even the little piece maybe that they're getting. You'd be really mm-hmm. surprised. Because you're right. You think of this. Year. Why are you saying there's yes. something they're getting out of it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now waiting for me. Yeah. Let me tell you something. I mean, I'm listening and I'm shaking my head. Family, y'all, y'all, y'all know, y'all know. <laughs> um, it is that time. Heavens to Mercury. I cannot believe it is that time. But family, uh, thank you, Dr. Nixon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And we can't wait to see you next time. Oh, yes. I, listen, I would be there on the 13th, but I'll be out of town. But I would, would love to come support you. Love you, Carol. Thank you so much for providing this space. You do an excellent job. Love it, love it, love it. I will thank be you. back. I absolutely will. But you know, you already know. You already know you are welcome. So we will see you next time. So thank you so much. Thank you for coming to visit with us. And we will see you next time. Thank you, love bug. (laughs) Bye. You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and online at wordradio.com. 